Hello everyone. I'm back after a short vacation on this episode number 10 for our podcast. Today I would like to start with a message. Whatever patterns that we have learned throughout our life, they are the ones that feel more comfortable in any situation. So, if we want to learn and improve, we should try to go towards the uncomfortable or whatever they call it as getting out of the comfort zone. Continuing in this episode, I want to focus on the chapter which I was reading. It's called Understanding Your Anxiety from the book Mind Over Mood. And I expect that people following this podcast may have had an interest in filling out the worksheet that I was filling last week. And so I would continue from after filling the worksheet in that chapter and see what our scores reflect and how to tackle that. So page 223 chapter 14 mind over mood Anxiety inventory scores are not used to diagnose anxiety if you have if you believe you're anxious you can bring your completed mind over mood anxiety inventory to a healthcare provider or mental health professional Your answers on the inventory can help inform this person about your experiences so she can he or she can determine a diagnosis The symptoms you rate on the inventory include cognitive, behavioral, emotional and physical changes. Notice that cognitive symptoms of anxiety include thoughts about danger or bad things happening, thoughts that you won't be able to cope and various other worries. These thoughts often occur as images, not just words. When anxious, we tend to avoid situations and places where we might feel uncomfortable or anxious. Avoidance is the most common behavior associated with anxiety. There are many physical symptoms of anxiety, including shortness of breath, rapid heart breath, heartbeat, dry mouth, sweating, muscle tension, shakiness, dizziness, nausea, or stomach problems. Frequent urination, restlessness, and even difficulty swallowing. A number of words are used to describe an anxious mood such as nervous, panicky, or on edge. Life experiences can contribute to or trigger anxiety. Trauma, being physically, emotionally or sexually abused or bullied, in an automobile accident, being in a war, illnesses or deaths, things we are taught, snakes will bite you, if you get dirty you'll get sick, things we observe, an article in the newspaper about a plane crash, my heart just missed a beat, and experiences that seem too much to handle, giving a public speech, job promotion or termination, having a new baby. can all lead to feelings of anxiety linda's anxiety began after her father's death at the time linda felt overwhelmed and had great difficulty coping with problems she began to expect that another catastrophe would occur and that she would not be able to cope with it all these physical behavioral and thinking changes we experience when we are anxious are a part of the anxiety response called fight flight or freeze These three responses can be adaptive when we face danger. To see how this is so, imagine that you are in a new town. You decide to go for a walk at night and find yourself lost on a dark street. You notice a large man approximately 20 yards away from walking toward you. 
you believe that he sees you and think that he's going to attack and rob you what should you do one option would be to fight to do this your heart would pump faster your breathing would speed up and your muscles would tense sweating could help cool your body as you can see all these body changes would be helpful in this situation these changes make up for the fly, fight response but maybe you do not think fighting the man is a good idea perhaps you think it would be better to run to run fast you would need an accelerated heart rate plenty of oxygen muscle tension and sweating therefore the same physical changes that make up the fight response make up the flight response you simply use the extra energy to run rather than to stay and do battle with a little luck running may save you from being attacked if you guys are following this this is similar to the fight flight example that we had done in a previous episode but i am still continuing because it's not a big example a third response that might work well would be to freeze maybe the man has not seen you and perhaps if you are very still he will not notice you in this case a total freeze would require you to have very tense rigid muscles with a tight chest even your breathing would be invincible to him invisible these types of physical changes that help you to be very still are part of the freeze response these three anxiety responses fight flight and freeze are good reactions to danger anxiety is adapted when adaptive when dangers are real and serious so we don't really want to get rid of the anxiety completely think of anxiety as a similar to our pain response this book teaches methods to reduce your anxiety when danger is not present when the danger is not as serious as you might think or when too much anxiety interferes with your good coping anxiety behaviors there are two types of behaviors that characterize anxiety avoidance and safety behaviors we avoid and seek safety when we are anxious because these behaviors help us feel better in the short run however these common ways of coping with anxiety also tend to prolong our anxiety making it worse over time as we had gone through these behaviors i will not go through them again what is the difference between safety behaviors and coping with anxiety when we use safety behaviors we often think we are doing a good job of coping with our anxiety but as examples show above safety behaviors generally keep us focused on danger and support our belief that situations are highly dangerous even when they may not be like avoidance safety behaviors help us feel better in the moment but they actually prolong our struggles with anxiety this is because safety behaviors prevent us from fully facing our fears and having the opportunity to build our confidence that we can handle things that go wrong or seem dangerous to us good coping on the other hand usually involves approaching our fears and managing our reactions and the situations that scare us when we practice coping with our fears we build up confidence we can handle them and our anxiety decreases there are two ways to tell the difference between safety behaviors and coping behaviors safety behaviors are designed to eliminate danger coping behaviors are designed to help us approach stay in and manage the situations that frighten us safety behaviors maintain or increase anxiety coping behaviors lead to a decrease in anxiety over time
Anxious thoughts. The behaviors associated with anxiety, avoidance and safety behaviors make even more sense when you understand the thoughts that go along with anxiety. When we are anxious, we have thoughts about danger, threat and our own vulnerability. A threat or danger can be physical, mental or social. A physical threat occurs when you believe you will be physically hurt. For example, a snake bite, a heart attack, being hit. A social threat occurs when you believe you will be rejected, humiliated, embarrassed or bullied. A mental threat occurs when something makes you worry that you are going crazy or losing your mind. As a person who suffers from anxiety, I think this really hits the nail. In addition to having thoughts about danger, when we are anxious, we believe we can't cope. In fact, anxiety occurs when our perception is that the danger we face is greater than our ability to cope. I think that's the crux of anxiety. Consider how you might feel if someone asks you to dive off a large rock into the lake. There is certain amount of danger involved, but if you are confident that you, that you know how to dive, the water is deep enough to be safe, and you have watched others make the same dive they seem to enjoy it, then you might feel excited instead of anxious. This is because you believe you can cope with the degree of danger involved. Instead of focusing on danger, you can think about the excitement and enjoyment of the moment. However, if you are not convinced that you can dive safely and you are uncertain of your swimming ability, that then you are likely to feel anxious rather than excited in the same situation. We make these judgments about danger and our ability to cope every day of our lives. Our judgments about how fast or slow to drive, our decisions to stay on the curb or walk across the street, our chances to speak up in a group or stay silent, all of these are determined by our assessment of the dangers involved and our ability to cope with them. When we think our ability to cope is equal to or greater than the dangers involved, we do activities with ease. When we think we cannot cope with the risks or dangers in a given situation, then we tend to pull back, avoid and engage in safety behaviors. Anxiety is not always a bad thing. If dangers are greater than our ability to cope, it is wise to pull back. However, when we are feeling anxious, we tend to overestimate danger and underestimate our ability to cope across many situations. This thinking style leads us to experience anxiety in many more situations than necessary. Over time, anxiety can become more severe and begin to affect more and more areas of our lives. The what if thinking. Anxious thoughts often predict future or imminent catastrophe. They often begin with what if and end with a disastrous outcome. Frequently, anxious thoughts include images of dangers as well. For example, a man with the fear of public speaking may think before a talk, what if I stumble over my words? What if I forget my notes? What if people think I am stupid and I don't know what I am talking about? He may have an image of himself standing frozen and blushing in front of the crowd. These thoughts are all about the future and predict a negative outcome. I think I understand this. If we continuously keep predicting the future, we never 
truly face it. We never are prepared to face it. We just are trying to predict that the best outcome may happen to us. Otherwise, we will get doomed. And that's the wrong thinking. We should, in all cases, be prepared to face whatever comes. And if we are not if we are not prepared, then it's better to avoid it altogether rather than stressing about it. Someone who is afraid of flying in airplanes or driving on the freeway may think, what if the airplane explodes? What if I have a panic attack on the airplane? What if there is not enough oxygen on the plane to breathe? Or what if I have a traffic accident on the freeway? What if I get stuck in a rush hour traffic, have difficulty breathing and can't go get to a freeway exit? You can see these thoughts are future oriented and predict danger or catastrophe. They would make the person think twice about getting on an airplane or freeway. Some people feel anxious in close relationships. They may fear intimacy or commitment. They may also be concerned about being judged, rejected or embarrassed. The thoughts we have when we are fearful about our relationships are like the ones just discussed oriented toward the future and predict danger or catastrophe. These thoughts include what if I get hurt? What if I am rejected? What if the other person senses my weakness and takes advantage of me? Again, these thoughts demonstrate that something terrible is going to happen theme that is characteristic of anxiety. The perception of threat varies from person to person. Some people feel a great sense of safety and security. Other people feel threatened very easily and will often feel anxious. Sometimes this is because of life experiences. For example, if you grew up in chaotic or volatile surroundings, you might conclude that the world and other people are always dangerous. In this case, your ability to anticipate danger and understand your own vulnerability might have helped you survive as a child. If you grew up in a dangerous home, being able to recognize danger or its early warning signs may have been critical to your emotional and perhaps your physical survival. You may have developed a very fine ability to spot and respond to dangerous situations. At this point in your life, however, it may be important to evaluate whether or not you are over-responding to thoughts about danger and threat. Perhaps the people in your life are not as threatening as those in your childhood. You might also consider whether or not your resources and abilities as, a, as an adult can open up and open up new and creative ways of coping with threat and anxiety. Friends, I'll take a pause at this moment now. This chapter is long so it's better to break this down into multiple parts. And today I will conclude the podcast episode at this moment. Remember what we studied. We studied that anxious thoughts are kind of two ways. They are ignorant or safety behaviors. Safety behaviors are designed to eliminate danger. Coping behaviors should be adopted in safety behaviors alternative. These behaviors are designed to help us approach, stay in and manage the situations that frighten us. Similarly, safety behaviors are maintaining or increasing anxiety. Coping behaviors are decreasing anxiety over time. So with this, I'll take a end to this episode and I'll see you tomorrow. 
please remember to go through this episode multiple times so that you can remember all the details that i shared see you tomorrow bye